Welcome to the HitchedMag.com podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I'm joined once again with Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, you, Steve. Uh, you know what? Today is our 50th podcast, by the way. Oh my gosh, it's an anniversary. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited, uh, especially as, I mean, when you think about the, the frequency of this podcast, that means we've been doing it a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I hope everybody out there has been enjoying it. Um, okay, we'll get, we'll get right into it here. Um, you wrote an article a couple weeks back uh, about getting the affection back into your marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, this article came about because one of our readers uh, wrote into us and said that her relationship had gone from, oh my God, I'm the luckiest girl in the world, to uh, why doesn't he show me affection anymore? And mm-hmm. then she continues on and, and talks about the way that he treats her and the way he gets out of showing affection, such as saying yeah. like the Simpsons are on. And, uh, and then it also goes further into a downward spiral where she then talks about how she's now suffering from depression and has gained weight. And uh, it seems like this is just a bad, bad cycle that's going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but, not, but not atypical. Okay, okay. Um, well, when, when you discuss how couples are affectionate in the, in, during the honeymoon phase in the article, uh, mm-hmm. when you enter into a long-term commitment like marriage, uh, you have to realize that the honeymoon phase is probably just going to be a blip on the relationship radar considering how long marriage lasts. Um, are there ways a couple can extend that honeymoon phase? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what we're starting to to realize more and more. <clears throat> when you think about what the honeymoon phase is, it's so special because you take the time to let your partner know that they matter. So when I've got a couple who basically feels like most couples do, that, you know, gee, wasn't that period great, and we just don't have that anymore, and I don't feel like I'm loved, I don't feel like I'm cared about, yeah, I know that he or she loves me, you know, but I want some of that special feeling again. I say to them, tell me what you did in the beginning of the relationship. And they can start to actually talk about the concrete behaviors. We would take the time to sit and talk to each other and really listen without distraction. We would compliment each other. We would let each other know that we appreciated each other, things like that. Now, you know, in order to recreate those feelings, that's all you have to really do is do those very same behaviors again. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're going to make it last. That's how you're going to get back those same feelings. Um, it takes a little bit more effort uh, because in the beginning when you first meet somebody, it's the newness and the novelty and you put all your attention there, but it certainly can be done. Okay. And, and one of those things that you mentioned, and I really love this line that you mentioned, because when I was reading it, I was just like, wow, this totally resonates with me, is that life gets in the way. Exactly. And, and exactly. Uh, I think for a lot of people, uh, they can relate to that as well. 
so how can couples remind themselves that the relationship is still important? Well, I think that you have to go into a relationship knowing that just saying I love you and thinking that it's going to then uh, carry you through is a myth. That you've got to know that a relationship, and I know this sounds like a four-letter word that's dirty, is going to take work. Mm-hmm. that you have to pay attention to your relationship. You know, one of the things that I say is if you have a plant and you want it to thrive, you've got to give it water, you've got to give it sunlight, otherwise it's it's just not going to live anymore. Well, any relationship, if it's really a strong one, will live through periods of stress. But if you want it to really flourish, then you've got to pay attention to it. Now, the reality of life is... For most couples, there are going to be children, there's going to be work, there's going to be things that you have to attend to, and so that's what I mean by life gets in the way. But that doesn't mean that you can't make sure that your relationship also takes a priority. And so when you stop and say to yourself, you know what, before I walk out of this house, let me take 30 seconds more and kiss my partner goodbye and say, have a great day. When I walk in the house, that I don't run to listen to my messages, but greet my partner and give a hug and just look in their eyes for a moment, you'd be surprised how those small gestures can really make a major difference. Yeah, and it doesn't take much either. Just just little tiny little things. That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, Karen, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, sure. answer another uh, question, and we'll mm-hmm. uh, resume this conversation. So we'll be okay. right back. So here we are with the reader-submitted question of the week, and uh, this one comes from Don. And Don says, my spouse is a homebody, and I can't seem to get him to do anything with me outside of being at the house, uh, not a walk at the beach, a movie, etc., without practically begging him. Uh, I know he loves me, but what can I do? Well, here's what catches me in that statement. Very first sentence, my spouse is a homebody. Mm -hmm. Okay? And what I wondered, Dawn, is was your spouse this person before you married him? In other words, did you know that he was a homebody? You know, so often... We know things about this person, but somehow we expect that after we get married, it's going to be different. So if he was a homebody before, it's real unlikely that now just because you're married, he's going to be very different. Mm -hmm. Most likely, he's just going to be exactly what he always was, but even more like that because we don't try as hard after we get married. We feel more relaxed and we feel more comfortable and we can be more of exactly what we were. That having been said, um, that doesn't mean that your needs don't matter as well. So I think what you probably need to do is just say that you do respect his needs and that he's more comfortable at home, but that from your end, you need to do a couple of things also. And you're not blaming him, but you need to be able to do some kind of a compromise and find some things where the two of you can be enjoying the activity um, without sort of really pulling him out of his comfort zone, but where you can feel some enjoyment in the activity as well. Okay. 
And uh, Don, I hope that helps. And uh, we'll now resume with the regular conversation. Okay, we are back. And again, we are talking about uh, getting the affection back into your marriage. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to displaying affection, Karen, if you go the extra mile and your spouse isn't reciprocating, how can you approach the conversation or what words can you use to let them know that you're feeling neglected? Well, first what I'm going to tell you is my finding is that if you go that extra mile, most people do reciprocate. But let's presume that they don't. Um, I think by now, most people have been listening to our 50 podcast. What they <laughs> yeah. realize is that what I'm going to say is you don't ever want to attack the other person or blame the other person because that's the quickest way to get them to shut down. So what you're basically going to do is say, you know, I don't know if you've even noticed because I know that you're tired or you're stressed or whatever, but I've been really trying very hard to, you know, display a little bit more affection to you because it just feels so good to me, you know, when we are a little bit more connected. Um, and when I make these gestures and you don't respond to them, I end up feeling neglected. I, I really feel disconnected. Generally, it's hard to do that to people because they feel vulnerable. But the truth of the matter is that when we show our vulnerabilities, most people are not going to be non-responsive, and that's going to be where we can really start connecting with each other. So talk about yourself, talk about your feelings, and don't blame the other person. Okay. Uh, now, our reader also said that in her situation, uh, it has made her depressed, and uh, as a result, I mentioned earlier, she says she's gained weight. Now, mm -hmm. uh, this seems to be a really vicious cycle that's spiraling downward for her. Uh, is this a situation where she needs to first address her own issues and then approach her husband? Or since he seems to be part of the problem and that she's depressed because of the lack of affection um, and the depression is causing the weight gain, attack both issues, her herself and her husband at the same time? You know, I, I think that that's really an interesting question, Steve. And I think that probably she needs to address both of them at the same time. And the way I would do that is I'd approach him and say, you know, again, not, you know, not attacking him, but saying, look, um, I realize that I've been gaining weight lately, and I had to ask myself, why was I doing that? And what I realized is I've been feeling depressed. And here's, here's what I think is going on. And then uh, basically what I talked about in the last question to talk about what her feelings are, and then own it and say, look, I know that it's my job to work on my eating issues, but I need your help. And, um, you know, I think that if, you know, maybe we were a little bit more connected, you know, I would feel a little bit better. And, you know, probably I would even guess maybe I'd be a little bit more attractive to, sh to you as well. So will you help me out? And again, I think that when people ask for help, when they show vulnerability, it's a really, really um, cut-off person who won't be there for you. I mean, I know that this is going to sound a little absurd, but if, if any of you remember when Clinton, President <laughs> Clinton, it acknowledged his uh, mistakes, and was vulnerable, nobody turned against him. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so I think that's a real good example of how people are very, very compassionate when people are willing to admit that they have soft spots and are in trouble. And, and in this situation, it's using this downward cycle and asking uh, the husband for help that can help turn everything around. Absolutely. Absolutely. One, one final question here, Karen. Now, the articles, if, if anybody's been reading our articles for any amount of time, you'll notice that we have a poll uh, within each uh, article, and it's 99% of the time related directly to what's in the article. And mm -hmm. uh, this poll um, associated with the article asks the question, do you feel your spouse is less affectionate towards you than when you first got married? Now, a whopping 90% of respondents said yes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What <laughs> what would you like to say to these readers, Karen? <laughs> well, wouldn't it be interesting if some of the spouses of the people who responded were also responding? <laughs> yeah. Okay? So, yeah. You know, everybody's feeling like they need more affection. Touch is really, really necessary. Connecting is very necessary. Feeling attachment is a um, basic human need. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean like you're too needy. It is a basic human need. And that's why we want to be in a relationship. Um, and so, everybody, listen up. You need to be there for your partners. And don't be afraid of it. Um, show it in little gestures, in little words, even in just, you know, as you pass by, touch each other's shoulders, look in each other's eyes. Right behind the eyes is the prefrontal cortex, and, and that is where we connect with one each other biologically. That's what it's really all about. And 90% of you are saying, absolutely. We feel that deprivation, and especially in these times that are so stressful and difficult. If we feel like we have each other, it's going to make life a heck of a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all know it, and we got to be there for each other. Yeah, yeah. It's like we should be giving people homework assignments. Show, show some affection this week. Yeah. Reach out. <laughs> Okay, that's uh, that's gonna do it for us, Karen. Okay, Steve. So thank Hopefully, you. Hopefully, uh, we're helping people to uh, to be there for each other. Oh yeah, I know we are. We get. Uh, I, I'm thinking what we need to do on the website because we get a lot of um, uh, letters now where people are. Before it was just all questions. <laughs> I need help with this. I need help with that. But recently, we've been getting a lot of letters saying, "I read this article. Thank you very much." It, Good. It really helped me and oh man you hit the nail on the head on this one and I can't tell you blah 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 so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we might be able to weave some of these into the uh, into the website there so uh, people know that we're reading them we, we appreciate the response and so if anybody out there is listening that's written into us um, please know that we, we definitely read everything you submit and uh, we're, we're very grateful uh, for you responding and, and letting us know that you appreciate what we're doing so um, Karen, uh, you can, I'm sorry, everybody else out there, you can get more information uh, from Dr. Karen Sherman 
at choicerelationships.com, also at drkarensherman.com, and uh, she also, keep an eye out for her new book, Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. And uh, of course, you can read all of her articles uh, for us at hitchedmag.com. Uh, so until next time, and, okay, another, and another 50 podcast, Karen. Okay, do that. <laughs> Take right. care, Steve. All right, you too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.